happening tell me more about uh you were you're were, you're were talking you're saying i was talking e- about spam you're talking about spam and how philip k dick predicted yes spam. i think that this i think that this is the first predictor of spam you should write a thesis on this i am the world's foremost philip k dick scholar yeah so i really uh i think be. i might be yeah okay so uh the thing is is that like especially in the um, so Philip K. Dick started writing in the late 50s. His best work is in the late 60s to mid-70s, I would say. Um, and during that time, there's a whole lot of, you know, golden age of sci-fi happening. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, oh, what if a robot was our butler? What if, what if society was made grand by technology? Right. Okay? Philip K. Dick went, what if technology made everything worse <laughs> what if advertisements just came and like gave you micro payments for listening to them uh Man, what that's if real ahead i mean it's yeah it's, i would start to say it's coming but it is here i mean you can already yeah. do that you can already opt in and you're basically uh-huh. you're either not paying a monthly subscription and thus it's sort of the same concept or even if you use certain browsers you basically are getting micro payments for yeah, looking yeah. At brave ads. brave pays yeah their, their, little, their uh-huh. little crypto reward yeah uh so there's a one there's a book lies incorporated and this is like some deep dick okay yeah. some uh, deep dick eh yeah <laughs> uh the the original Lies Incorporated was written in the mid-60s, I think, and then as a short story. Yeah. But then in the mid-70s, which is like the peak, uh, like, absolute output of I'm just eating horse meat and I'm on 500 milligrams of speed a day, just fill a dick, right, and 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 right, right, right. The perfect uh, combo. The perfect combo, horse meat and speed. So uh, it's at this time that he goes, that short story that I wrote, I'm going to I'm going to flesh it out a little bit Uh and then adds 150 pages, like (laughs) right in the middle of it. And it's absolutely unhinged and detached. And people it tends to get a bad rep. No, I think it's I think it's one of the. I think it's one of the better ones, actually. The book itself or the 150 pages of Ramble? Especially the 150 pages of Ramble. Because that's where he basically predicts oh, spam. There's so much going on in there. Um, the the original short story, which I think was just called Whale's Mouth, mm-hmm. um, it was a uh, pretty simple concept. People are on Earth, and then there's... Uh, a teleportation technology gets made and then you can sign up to teleport to this other planet. But the thing is, is that there's no communication between the two planets. So you're taking a leap of faith. Okay. That like you're going to go to this planet and it's going to, they're like, it's better. This is a better planet. Well, who's saying that? The people that make money when they teleport you. Oh, yeah. interesting. So... Uh, but it's also it, it's it's simultaneously about the like corruption of capitalism, but also about faith. 
Uh, so you, because also Earth is a hell world, you know, at this point. It's, so there's Earth a, is bad. So there's a possibility there's that this will be better. There's a possibility that it's better, but you're, you're gambling. Because what if it's worse? There's no back. There's no back. It's one-way teleportation, and there's no communication on the other side. And the people that are telling you to go, they're on Earth still? Yes. But they're saying, why are they on Earth? To help they're transport help. you? Yeah. Okay. They're just doing a favor. There was like, uh, they sent their first scientist 40 years ago or something, and, uh-huh. and they managed to get communication back. I can't remember. It was, it's been like 10 years since I've read this book. Okay. But there's something like, there's like a God King scientist that is like, it's totally chill, bro. Right. That's the that's the thing that you're you're biting off of is that one techno king went like it's cool hell yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the original short story is just basically that like isn't that a fun concept but, but then, then the 150 pages is like what if I built an entire like dunescape of just absolutely insane shit happening on that world. The world that you go to. So originally you didn't really get to find out what happens when you take the leap of faith. Yeah. It's just about the idea of that. Yes. And then the 150 pages are like it bad. (laughs) It bad. In creative ways. In very creative ways. It's like the protagonist teleports to the world and then there are like guards waiting there Mm -hmm. and they're like, we've got another one. And they immediately blow dart him with an acid uh, like dart. Oh wow! So then he just trips for most of the book. Wow! And he's just tripping in and out of different realities, and then he winds up at like a group therapy session for people that have gotten onto the, uh, like entered the new world. This but is they sort have... of how I felt at Electric Forest this weekend. Yes, <laughs> but they're having difficulty acclimating. So it's not actually a hell world. Uh-huh. It's just that some people take the trip to, you know, across the thing and then yeah. they shorts out their brain and they just can't adjust to it. So they have to have a group therapy. They have therapy. to learn to adjust. But actually it's a lie. And he kills his therapist. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's stuff like that. But then at the same time, there's an intermediary planet that's happening in the background and it's just like a physicist and then his humunculus child experiment that's in a a glass like a glass tube of embryonic fluid and it's just intercepting communications from like different worlds and it's basically the internet yeah so there's a scientist watching over this like uh, like i think that they're like telepathically gifted or something okay. but they're in the ooze and they're just accepting all communications all digital communications and um, reinterpreting them and then sending out messages. But then all of those messages- Wait, mess- the scientist that, uh, you lost me a little. The scientist that's making a giant baby and- Yes. Okay, there's a scientist making a giant baby. Like a telepathic baby. A telepathic baby. Is the telepathic it's baby- like a te- It's not a baby, it's like a, like a teenager. A telepathic baby teenager? Yeah. In the ooze. In the ooze. And the ooze is bringing about- all of the world's communications. Everything. So, it's a telepathic baby teenager that is a satellite dish receiving all information. All. Yes. Okay. So 
and the, again, this is the early 70s. So this is before the internet, but this is basically the internet. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if we just tortured a child with pure information? Okay. And then the output is spam. <laughs> like, it's just the the child only communicates in like schizoid advertising fragments. What? Like Coca-Cola is the, uh, y- you know, it's just like fragments and fragments and fragments, but then people start to, there's like a cult of like people interpreting the spam. Uh-huh. Yeah. That think it has a deeper meaning. Yeah. Sort of QAnon-esque? Kind of QAnon-esque. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Man. It's a good book. Sounds like a good I th- book. It th- yeah. It's a good one. It is hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might I think that that is the most concise summary of Lies Incorporated that you can do. Yeah, it sounds like you might be the first one to fully have parsed through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> foremost PKD scholar Scott Murphy. Uh, okay, so this is the I Don't Heart Radio podcast. I'm Summer Krinsky. And I'm Scott Murphy. This could be your next favorite band. Cool. So. We were just listening to Rat Tally. They are from Chicago. Rat Tally. Rat Tally. Cool. Good name. Um, they've got a record coming out. They're doing pre-orders on vinyl. If the Bandcamp availability is to, you know, if it's accurate, looks like they've got a run of 700 and there are about 200 left. So go pick one up. Grab them while you can. They're cool colors. Love some cool colors. So why I picked Rat Tally this week is I went through, I listened to, you know, the week's releases as I do. This is the best mix. Okay. It's the best mix. And it's a uh, spinning wheel is the single that's released right now. Before we get fully into because I want to yeah. deep dive into them, I just want to also plug, because we should do our plugs real oh, quick Oh, we at do the have top. to do plugs. One, uh, the first episode we did, we covered Christine Young, uh, who has like a very long career of releasing yes. music, uh, amazing music, and her full-length album, Beauty Shop, just, just dropped. So we were talking about the singles that were they're coming out. The whole album's out now, so go check that out. Um it would it's it sounds great. Yeah. Uh, and Lost Map just released another album. Too. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so RT Leaf, it sounds really good. Check those things out. Um as far as us news, uh if you like what you hear, we just recorded two bonus episodes last week and you can get those behind a paywall. They are at a t o n u v a ton of com. You can do a monthly subscription and just listen to them and be done. Cancel. Yeah, get out us. of there. Or you can do like a year subscription and Scott will send you a t-shirt or something. Yeah, Is I that will. what you'll do? Yeah, I'll send you something. That's nice. Um, also, we play in a band. It's called Summer Like the Season and we're playing Ann Arbor Summerfest well, tomorrow. Oh, right. that's, that's not going to come. We yep. played Ann Arbor Summerfest a few days ago. Hell yeah, we in did. Because this is the future. You're a Kresge winner. Because this is the future. Is this the future this long enough? The, this is the future long enough. Is it the future long enough? It is the future long enough. It is the future long, long enough. enough. Okay, cool. You want a big grant. I want a big grant. I wasn't allowed to say it now, but this comes out in the era where I can say it. Hey. hey. How cool. All right. When can you say it? On the 30th. Yes. I can say it? It's on the money. We're saying it. We're saying it. You can't put this out early. 
I will not put it out early. <laughs> All right. Wait, is there a time that you could say it? I don't or is know. It just the 30th. Eh. Eh. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um is that the, all the plugs? Do we do we cover it all? Can we get back in? I'm sorry, oh, I took us down the plug. We currently road. have five stars on Apple Podcasts. Oh, can you so please keep add giving to us it. five stars? Add five stars. Write a review. T- tell the people about what band you found out from this podcast that you're loving. Tell the people who are, are thinking about listening to this about you know uh, what fact about Bean Jesus, Jesus Bean, Bean Pinto Christ Pinto Christ. Wow. That you learned that, uh, you know, <laughs> changed your worldview. Um, and if you don't want to give it five stars, don't give it any stars, you hater. What are you doing listening Why to this? Why are you listening to this? Just kidding. Do whatever, you know. You can your listen. You can hate desires. listen. Honestly, if you hate this and you're hate listening, fucking comment on it. Let's see. What do you got for us? Give me some hate. So. Rat Tally. Back to Rat Tally. New album is In My Car. First single is Spinning Wheel. That's what we listen to. Yep. Just listen to Spinning Wheel. And Rat Tally has been releasing stuff since 2018. Okay? Mm -hmm. And here's what's fun about Rat Tally is they've been working with the same producer since their first release who is Max Grazier. Okay. Okay. And what's really fun is you can tell, I kind of like looked into Max a little bit, looked into Rat Tally. Um, This is definitely a project that they have been working on together and like building each other's chops over the last five years. Yeah. You know? Um, Because not only has Rat Tally gotten better, but the production has constantly leveled up from release to release. That's awesome. And um, and I, I'm very serious. Like when I just went through, I, I have a way of listening to everything within certain parameters that gets released on Bandcamp within a given week. Yeah. Okay? And this is the best mix of all of them, you know? Going through, just like, that's, that's why this one this week's selection yeah yeah like this is the best mix and to go from like very much so like bedroom production to mix of the week all right i think that that's super cool yeah so what do you like what changed in there i mean oh. other than getting more experience because i think that we all you right. know that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah that's why i think it's cool a lot of people like kind of get rid of their back catalog as they're trying to release as like a fully formed adult yeah and that kind of sucks it kind of sucks like i understand that the idea behind it is you want to kind of come off as just this like really clean oh yeah polished i'm um artist of just like i was born this way yeah but the truth is that everyone has a, a musical growth yeah and that you know, there, there's a song off of the first EP of Summer Like the Season that I just don't love the vocals on at all, but I feel like it's important to leave it out because it, I don't know, it's, I've gotten It's like unrealistic better. beauty standards in audio. <laughs> yeah. When you, uh-huh. when you don't, because a lot of the, and that's the thing, that's what becomes like charming to a degree, because I am, I am kind of like a, you know, a mixed fascist a little bit, but 
for things that I love, I'll go back to the back catalog and it'll sound bad. And I'm like, ooh, a special treat for me. Yeah. You know? Well, like you wouldn't get into it. Right. If it had just sounded bad. But it's kind of cool to to go go back back and see the process. Yeah. Um, And it's rare that the process involves like the same people all the time. Yes. You are, you know. The, yeah, this is a this is a team it. up that exists, and then uh, they're doing uh, Grazier is doing production for other bands in Chicago, and it's starting to be like names that like Cal Marx pops oh, cool. up in the yeah yeah. So um, it's very cool, you know, like you know people working together, getting better together. Yeah, I think that that's nice. That is nice. That's nice. <laughs> so that is. Rat Tally. Rat Tally is good. You should go grab like a speckled vinyl. Ooh, you know? a speckled one. It's speckled. You know, Tally as part of, a, part of a band name, don't hear it often. The only other one I can think of is Tally Hall. Hey. A throwback. Wild. Did you did you ever listen to no. Tally Hall? I feel like they, they were a Michigan band. Oh, I don't know them. They got kind of big for a second. It was like in the same... I, I don't personally love them. No offense, Tally Hall lovers. But I just... <laughs> they're fi- they're, they were like Tally in fight. the same... They One f- were from my hometown. Um, but then they are also in the same like universe as like um, the Here We Go Again. Um, like that music video on a, on a treadmill. Remember that? Oh, um, Which I okay liked. Go. I liked OK yeah, Go more. Pop. It was the same yeah. universe, I think. Unless, I mean, I haven't listened to it in forever. Maybe I'm totally off. Maybe I'm just the same time zone. I'm sure time it's power time. pop. Everything is power pop. Right. I Maybe. For uh, a long time. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Something. We'll just call it power pop. Okay. We are super accurate. Foremost Philip K. Dick scholar. Notoriously. Uh, so the thing is, is... Things are good. You know, production is good. I kind of wanted to talk about standards. Like jazz standards? No. Like you put all this work into something Uh to make it sound good. Hopefully. Yeah. And then it ultimately gets played back in like the worst way like your phone like your phone uh-huh your phone is a bad way to listen to music right it's bad and yet and, it's there and then the thing is is that there are no governing boards that go like hey stop listening to music on your fucking phone you know what? I think sometimes the phones sound better. Like the newer phones sound better than Bluetooth speakers. Those oh, little like, but those are bad too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm yeah. just saying it's funny. Like I think my phone speakers sound better than some of like the little Bluetooth boxes. Oh, that for people sure. Carry around. It, none of it's good. No. Better doesn't mean good. Better doesn't mean good. But it's this weird catch twenty two. It's like if you don't have a, you know, you want to listen on the go. You don't yeah. have anything. Yeah, yeah, you're you're just just you're you're kind of running through like a like I'm just justifying yeah, what yeah. The people oh, are but doing. But the justifications are, and then the thing is, is that then it like filters on up to like you gotta you gotta do the mix that it sounds good on the phone, you know? Yes. But then yeah. that's 
a huge compromise. But I would say that the best mixes sound good oh, well, I mean, on the phone. There's translatability for sure. Like you but can then, destroy a mix trying to make it sound good for the phone. Yeah. But if a mix is really good, it usually translates to the phone. Yes, but also, I want to. I want to talk about when THX it, when it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would say so. There was that Sylvanesso song that they played live. It was awesome. Um, yeah. I'm gonna find the name right now. It it has this really cool. Yeah, the sub sub part in the chorus, and like they could have mixed it for phone and shitty speaker and made that not as powerful of a moment. Yeah. Um, and we were, tr- I literally couldn't find it in the car because we were playing it off a little s- shitty speaker and I was like, what is this song? What is this song? Because yeah, because the it didn't crucial have the part cool, of it doesn't the, exist. Exactly. But the thing is, is that I listened to if, it on my home, on my system, in my room with my like nice speakers. Right. And, uh, and then it did the thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's an incredible mix. Right. Um, it's called numb by Sylvanesso. So that's the thing. It's a it's an incredible experience when it's listened back on like, you know, even moderately proper playback. Right. You know? Uh and the thing is is that where we're at right now mm-hmm. is very different than where we came from. Because of like there used to be Radio Shack home hi-fi magazines like you would you would get like a magazine and then it would just be like again this was this You're is getting the, real um, old man over here i know i know i know i know and i don't want to be old man yet i want to i want it to be awesome now yeah but there was i, I think that that's something that is profoundly missing because well there's a physics the, problem right it's like you can keep increasing, and, and the quality of sound of what a small speaker can do has, has improved. Right. Yeah, but for sure. But there's only so much. There's only so much because of it's a physics problem of the size of the resonant. So you're reproducing frequencies through a resonating, um, you know, body, yes. and that is what your speaker is. And in the size, because lower frequencies are longer right. waves, so the the size you know, of the surface area of your cone of your speaker. It li- it just literally can't, a phone will never be able to do okay. sub stuff. Yes. Except and then for, on, okay. And then you, on, yeah. On, I'm just explaining, I'm just right, right, right. doing But a then summary. on top of this, uh-huh. it's the fact that no matter how many speakers you buy, because then we're getting into like the modern era of dad. Like, look at my, I bought this system. Okay. I feel like modern dads like sound bars, and that is, they've really, that's just yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is just wrong. <laughs> but the thing is, is that no matter what you do, I guess. Um, if you have a sub with your sound bar, maybe, but why wouldn't you just buy good? We're, our generational divide is showing a little bit, I uh-huh. guess. Like, I guess, like, the, the, the slightly younger dad is like the sub the sound bar thing but then like before that was like the Bose dad oh for sure Bose yeah, dad Bose dad I bought these bows you, you know bought you were Bose dad uh yeah oh just to like test mixes on or what? do you oh, wanna no what? I don't have no 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 no, no, oh, no I'm saying I... like the dads of my era I see are like Bose dads okay I'm on and I'm now following. we've maybe gone into sound bar dads right which is a just a, a devolution of dads. Okay. So 
Uh, but the thing is, is that no matter what you buy, you're not going to make up for the acoustical problems in your room. Oh, God. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, Wait, you want people to be treating their living rooms? They used to. But we're running into like a the collapse of the middle class. There uh-huh. was a room for listening to music. I guess that know? is true. I mean, there that's, was. That's what there was. Uh-huh. Uh, and there were, and again, it's that, that Carl Sagan like no one is communicating to the people thing there were there were trade magazines and efforts to like teach people how to set up their shit yeah i think yeah. you're right yeah that there yeah, was no, i mean I'm, i know I'm people, right. at the time when people were like would really cuz a record used to be a thing you put on and listen with your you know you sit yeah and you just you have friends over and you listen to a record. I mean, and, and even now when I show someone music, that's like such a rarity. Yeah. We actually, we listened to, I was, uh, after my D and D group last week, we listened, they showed me, we put on an actual vinyl and we're listening to a whole, you know, Boss Nova thing. Yeah. And, uh, it was really, it was like very nice. And, you know, it's so rare that that right happens. <laughs> that's rare. And, uh, the thing is that there was a there was an effort like kind of top down to make that the case from uh production to development mm-hmm. to marketing was there a shitty of speakers could you get like a little well you so the thing is that like if we're talking about the 60s then speakers only had like the bandwidth up to 5k right. that's why beatles records are like super muddy you know uh-huh. cuz it's like why why go above was play play backable, um, but I do think that it comes down to you had to go to the speaker store, and then the speaker store owner would be like, "Where are you putting your speakers?" You were like, you know, my there's home, my there's a there's a whole there's a whole process room. there. Uh huh. Now it's like you go to the phone store, and it's like buy this bumpin' JBL. You know, I don't even think Bluetooth. you go to the you go on Amazon, right? And you just order the first thing that comes up. Yeah, I mean, this is like Boomer Corner. Yeah, this is so. Bro- I'm. I mean, I, I know this. Yeah, okay. But the thing is, is the difference between the music industry and the film industry uh-huh. is that the difference of what the libertarian leaders of these two. Like at the time, film and music were both mammoth industries. Right. Now it's film is still huge. Yeah. And the thing is, is that film fucking governed their shit with absolute, like total and complete, like strict standards. But hasn't it gotten ruined a bit by streaming? No. No, no, no. That's why that's why movies just sound like shit on your TV. Well, I never watch on my TV. I watch on my computer. Okay, well, that's why they sound like shit on your computer. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not following film standards. Like, yeah. if, if a film person is probably really displeased that I watch Netflix on my computer. Right. No, we're talking about theaters. Yeah, but I'm just saying that there has been a, like, dissolving of the quality standards. But there... So the thing is, is that there hasn't. Of the viewer. Yeah, not of, of the, the viewer, creator. Not of the creator uh-huh. and not of the theater. Theaters make money. Yeah, sort Mo- of. <laughs> no, they make 
trillions of dollars. Not as much as they used to. No, they make more. How? Because people go to the movies. Yeah? You don't go to the movies. I don't go to the movies. You're doing the thing where you're applying your experience to the thing. Uh-huh. More people go to the movies. Is that real? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, even with the, that's the thing. Even with the advent of, you know, Netflix, streaming, home computers, home theaters, you know, a whole, Mm -hmm. like a whole effort to make that a thing. Box office values are, on the whole, you know, outside of COVID. Yeah. Higher. Really? Yes. Okay. Movies make money. All right. Because going to the movies was seen as an important thing by specifically George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Okay. Movies are my therapy. Oh, boy. Um, so like, do you know what THX is? No. Okay. So when you go to a movie and the, you know, there's this, the sound thing. Yeah. That thing. That's THX. That's not Dolby. No. Okay. So THX, uh, was created in the early eighties, uh, at a, George Lucas was just wrapping up. Um, Star Wars, uh-huh. okay, the the third Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, okay, and the thing is, is that the first Star Wars was a hit, and then the second Star Wars made um, George Lucas Infinity money. For a moment, I just zoned out because I right. hate Star Wars. No, I mean I know, but the <laughs> I, I'm the just importance, yes, right. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Infinity Money yeah, from yeah, Empire yeah, Strike yeah. Back. So <sighs> that's when George Lucas fun like founds mm-hmm. all of like Skywalker Ranch and just you know insane infrastructure is put in place. They make a whole soundstage and everything, and they spend a very very long time mixing the movie, okay, to yeah. perfection. Right. All right. Then they go to play it in a theater. Okay. It sucks. Why? Because the theater doesn't have their shit set up. They set up a perfect room to create in. Uh Uh-huh. You know? They play it back on- Some random theater. Some random theater. There are no standards. You can Uh just like be like, I have a theater. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it plays back. Uh Uh-huh. Sounds <laughs> very bad. Okay. And, and it's one of the first times that, uh, you know, and this is Spielberg, this is Lucas, they've made lots of, lots of movies, lots of money, but they see it and it's the first time that they've been able to like scientifically, like... They've located a problem. Yes. The problem is that even, no matter how perfect they make it on their end and that they've achieved this level of wealth, yeah. That they can basically make it, which like as I mean, despite my not loving Star Wars, I mean I do. See, both of them are perfectionist create. Maybe not perfectionist. Yeah, they are. Spielberg. Okay. Yeah, per- I have Spielberg for sure. Yeah, and George Lucas. Okay. you just don't like Star Wars. Okay, yeah. perfectionist creators, and as a perfectionist a bit myself, I could see how yeah the obsession with if you have unlimited power money, you just want to make your perfect creation translate yes so they hire um tom i want to get his name right 
Tomlinson Holman. Okay. Okay. Audio scientist. He creates a absolute like a uh, required blueprint mm-hmm. for a theater to become THX certified. Okay. Okay. That's the thing. It's not like a a cool proprietary speaker technology. It's not a special cable, you know? Yeah. It's a design ethos in which this is how your theater has to be built, floating floors, baffled walls, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like a, can't be in a gym. <laughs> can't be in a gym. And then you can get THX certified as a theater. And the thing is, is that the impact that it made on audiences, like when they released it like in test theaters. Yeah. You know, the the immediate reaction of like, holy shit, this it is sounds amazing. good. Yeah. That it made it so that in the world it became incredibly important to become THX certified. Yeah, because why would you go? Why would you have you two go, theater choices and one is? Why would you go to the other one? Invisible hand of the market. Yeah. You know? Okay. So this is a case of it working. Uh huh. And and then the thing is, is that those standards still exist. If when you're like producing for film and it because it kicks all the way back to the beginning of the process, like super strict standards of like how your mix has to be right the absolute strictest on the production end and then the absolute strictest on the playback end yeah and when we look at these two markets and music used to be like competing with film one has completely fucked off and then the other remains like stronger than it ever was Uh uh-huh and you, that... and you like you, and you think it's a lot of stand. What the standard is? I mean, yeah. I obviously it's like I think there's a lot of factors on the the size of the industries, but I think that the fact that people listen back in such an it takes away the impact. I mean, that's why a lot yeah. of people think they listen in their car and they think that that's great because it's their best speaker system. But the right. sound of the road noise and like it, it's nothing compared to listening. Road noise, and then usually your engine vibrates at either 60 or 90 hertz inverse to your system, so it's canceling out either bass or kick. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, So I think that how you experience something is going to affect the impact that it has on you. Yeah, it's going to... affect how you value it i mean there's a reason that people bring so i mean i guess the the time in music where that actually still happens is like as soon as you get to any higher level band yes there are requirements for the live sound yep so maybe not on on playback it's not like you can't buy this album unless you have a nice room okay where do people make their money now as a musician yeah absolutely live sound live yes and and basically, I mean, from working in venues, most bands that are selling a hundred to five hundred tickets a night minimum, um, they have they need they have sound requirements for a specific at least a minimum you know type of PA, mm-hmm. a minimum type of board, 
Yeah. Um, just there are there are minimums that they will not accept. There are non-negotiables. There are non-negotiables, you could say. And I mean, that's why uh, uh, L Club in Detroit that I do sound at sometimes they they have a like especially nice system for their size so they're about mm-hmm. 500 cap and they have a DMB system that rig is like very very fancy and it's the reason a lot of people I don't think totally realize that uh specifically this is a Detroit specific yeah, yeah, yeah. fact but often you see um some and this is also why I like working there is often you see some bands uh or musicians that are, that are like that are selling out selling bigger out rooms. bigger rooms. Yeah. They can sell out a thousand cap venue. Why are they playing L Club? It sells out immediately, and it's really cool to do sound for those shows because it's this really intimate experience of a band that should not be in this small room. Like mm-hmm. you know, we did uh, Wale in there. We had um, uh, Yelly British Punk, Yelly British Punk. Who am I thinking of? I don't know who Yelly British Punk is. Uh, I am meaning to say Idols. We get bands that should be at bigger places, and we get to have them in this like special kind of small space because the system is too nice for the room. So uh, it meets their requirements, and often if they get good enough offer, they'll 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 play the smaller cap venue because we have this very nice sound system. Yes, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the whole thing and you're saying i mean that is a good point no one's making money off of streaming no one's making money off of even really because it's selling just the disposable music yeah it's, and the thing is is that i don't think that recorded music is disposable i think that it can be the highest most intimate experience that's available to the end user and you're losing so much of that like front to back depth the experience of being co- totally enveloped in a song mm-hmm. uh, and it's just, and it's things like not lining your speakers up, like on the same plane. Right. You know, just the the basic imaging. I mean, having them slightly raised so they're not resonating with the desk that they're on. Uh huh. It's just, it's just these little things, and then it, it like fundamental. And the thing is, is that I think that even if you're not directly noticing these things. It's impacting are, your experience. They're impacting your experience, and I think that it impacts on a, a a wide, a much, it's a wider phenomena than we would think. Okay, so politician running for office, Scott Murphy, on the basis of everyone, everyone needs gets a better a home stereo. Home stereo. Just everyone gets one. But really, how do you change it? Well, I mean, you would have to fundamentally change the because it's like people don't have uh, housing, right? <laughs> so that's the that is the fundamental problem here. I do think that there are, um, I, I mean, like Church of the Holy Speaker would be nice, dedicated listening rooms within the within a given city, like the sure. Sound Library in Omaha. Yeah, uh-huh. um, the, the list is the listening room. The listening room, yeah. Is that what it's called? I think so. Anyway, there's some places. I mean, I think there's a few of them across the country where they're just. It's sort of like a library. You can Which have is a kind of membership. It's a collectivized you... way of because it's not reasonable if you're in an apartment to like set up a room like that. But mm-hmm. you can get a membership to a place where you can just go and listen to music. Yeah. Uh, in a in a high quality environment, and it just it makes a huge difference. And you can like fall in love with a record that you've heard a million times before. Yeah. And you can fall in love again because you're 
like hearing new stuff every time, uh, which I think is what I think that that's the labor that goes into making a great record is that you're constantly finding ways to make it endlessly engageable. Yeah, it's you. You have. I mean, a good artist is putting so many details and so many ideas uh, and just overthinking every moment. And when you're listening in a, you know, not controlled environment, you're probably not quite, there's probably a lot you're missing. Yeah. Along the way. So like when you have standards or like if you were like having standards and Mm -hmm. you were going to like enforce them with like some sort of governing body, like some sort of like judicial system. You're right. You know, Uh, I just thought it was, I don't know why. I thought it was really fun to, you know, I was thinking about standards. You're thinking about standards. I was thinking about standards. And I was like, has anyone ever impeached a Supreme Court justice before? Oh, you're thinking about standards. eh? I was thinking about standards. Mm, Like moral standards. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Once. Okay. Uh, Very, very early in our country's history. And what did they do? It was... Did they have... Did they listen to an album on a speaker system that was not appropriate? No. To reproduce. That wasn't a their brilliant crime. work. It was a uh, Samuel Chase. Okay. Appointed by George Washington. Oh, an OG. First, the first one. Like oh. if we're just talking about <laughs> historical precedents. It was the first one. It's the well the the first president. Right. Not, Not the, the first, first justice, justice. Okay. But amongst his picks. Sure. Okay. Thomas Jefferson just went, I hate this guy. Uh-huh. I don't like that he is very, very partisan. Hmm. So, uh, oh, it's uh, partisan. Yeah. It's like they're the, supposed to not be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he went, you're you're very partisan. Yeah. And it's just kind of a bad vibe. Sounds it like it makes it shitty. That again, so this is the first president, the first president, and the third president. Uh-huh. So I, I think that the historical precedent mm. is pretty deep here. Seems deep, and it was just like you're bumming me out, and they were impeached. Now the the thing is, is that they were not removed from office because the the House of Representatives is they can impeach. You know, like Donald Trump was impeached twice. You yeah, know, like ah, you did those crimes. Um, so they impeached Samuel Chase, but he was found innocent in his Senate trial. Okay, because that is just how things are. Right. Uh, then in the sixties, nineteen sixty nine, Abe Fortas was threatened with impeachment. Okay, and then resigned. Ooh, what did he do? Bad stuff with money. Oh. Which, uh, interesting stuff. So the thing is, is uh, it was, uh, they signed up, they took a gig representing someone who was getting indicted with securities fraud. Okay. And everyone was like, this is very unethical and we're going to impeach you. Unethical, like saying you're going to do one thing under oath and then doing the other thing. Well, that's just a crime. Oh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, so they were threatened with impeachment, and then they resigned because they had like the good moral standing to do that. Moral standing. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, 
So, you know what's a really fun thing? Remember Brett Kavanaugh? Yeah. Yeah. I remember. You know what's really fucking cool? Huh. So, when you think Brett Kavanaugh, what bad thing do you think of? That rape he did? Yeah. The, allegedly. <laughs> uh, allegedly? The alleged rape. And that is very bad. Uh, but you know he did something else really, really bad? Like overturning Roe v. Wade? Yeah, that was really bad, too. Um, his mystery debt. Do you know about the mystery debt? No. Yeah. It's almost like... A financial it, crime? Uh, well, it's almost like it was on purpose that we don't all talk about Brett Kavanaugh's mystery financial debt. Oh, like he raped that person to make it so we don't talk about his well, financial no, debt? No, 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 not a time. <laughs> well, just that uh, that was really focused on because it is bad. Uh, I, it, know, I, know, I know that's not what you're trying to say. It's I very know. bad, the alleged sex crime. Tell me about his But other the thing is, is that when you hyper-focus crimes. on it, uh-huh. then it kind you of it makes it so that you haven't zoomed out to the crime. Can, yeah. um, in 2016... Brett Kavanaugh had somewhere between sixty and two hundred thousand dollars of debt, credit card debt, a loan against his retirement account. Okay, like, and, and that's the thing too. It's unspecified. It's somewhere between sixty and two hundred k. Yeah, and I just want of... everyone listening to think about having two hundred thousand dollars of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Like, what degenerate shit? have you been doing to do this okay i we yeah. know one person we do have one <laughs> person we directly about, know with $200,000 of credit card debt controlling all the laws <laughs> oh what a bad time that would have been what a bad time so the thing is that they've got mystery 200 grand of debt mm-hmm. and then in 2017 which is when they you know were made a Supreme Court justice. Yes, ascended to the highest court in the law. When they submitted their financial documents, between 2016 and 2017, that debt just disappeared. Oh, we paid it? There's no record of where that money came from or how it got paid. It was just gone. Huh. Yeah. You know who has a lot of money? I mean... A lot of bad people. I was going to say that there's quite a bit of money fueling the pro-life movement. Yeah, there is. From, like, churches. Yeah, who aren't taxed. taxed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so the thing is that $200,000 of debt just disappears. There's no record of him receiving money. There's no record of him paying the money. And then what's really fucking cool is... Uh, so first off, you have to disclose debts when you're, like, gonna be a supreme court justice because having debt is seen as a a weakness where a you weakness could be where bribed, you could be bribed. Huh. and like it could be leveraged against you constantly and consistently yeah so the thing is is they don't know how that debt went away and then what's really awesome is that the fbi is in charge of investigating these things like that's their job yeah so uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, a senator from Rhode Island, who is one of the five good ones. Okay. okay we'll give it to Sheldon. <laughs> All right. He was like, wow, we should really figure out 
where this like all this money came from. Uh-huh. So he went to the FBI and was like, hey, you doing any investigating here? And they were like, no, <laughs> we're not. People were trying to submit evidence to the FBI about the debt. Yeah. Like there were witnesses. There was concern. There were witnesses. There were statements that were, you know, ready to be entered. And the FBI just didn't have anyone assigned to listening to those statements. And who would decide if someone should be assigned to listen to those statements? Like the, like heads of field offices and stuff okay which i mean then then we're gonna get into some like liberal QAnon shit where it's like rudy giuliani was like constantly talking to the fbi field offices and he was like had a bunch of friends and stuff and then you know so on and so forth leverage 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 but 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 mystery debt mystery debt i mean rudy giuliani did you know he's he's got he's got an He's got a track record. Yeah, so it's just it's just very he did, interesting. You know, do the Purdue Pharma thing. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was a bunch of like leveraging for you yeah. Know, no one investigate the opioid o- opioid crisis. Problem. So, yeah. you know, yeah, pretty it, bad. That was bad. bad. That was a bad one. That was bad. I just thought it would be fun to talk about standards. Standards practices.